Welcome to the Seven Figure Practice with Gerda Muller, clinical psychologist and leading private practice success business coach and mentor to allied health professionals. Daniel, Windows. We're live now. No, I'm I'm fine. I've actually my I keep my Zoom smaller now, so I can see what's going on. We're now live to Facebook. Welcome. Hello. Um, okay. All right. So I am going to, let's just very quickly share this to my, I might need a little light on, it's a bit dull. It's ridiculous. I've got these floor to ceiling windows right in front of my face and yet somehow or other I don't seem to have any light. Okay. Yeah, I'm sharing it on my page as well. As Okay. We're doing that. And I'll sessions. Yeah. starting there we go Copy. we're all good Share. Add all button. right not now just post please okay that's done and i'll just do one more share into the private practice success group okay thank you for that um, um i will try and keep an eye on comments on my page I have found that is a little bit tricky to do. So mm -hmm. we'll see how we go. I think because what my computer likes to do is if I've, if I'm, it decides which window I'm actually looking at and then it doesn't keep uh, the comments live. Uh, okay. There we go. Hi, Shireen. Welcome. Oh, we've, we've got, got somebody one with us. Yes, we've got somebody with us. So there you go. Alrighty, next step is to record. Are you ready for me to record? You're not Yeah, go for it. Meanwhile, the dog's knocking on the door. Hang on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> Miles, don't you realise we're doing like a live show? <laughs> well, maybe he's not. He's not there. <laughs> it was a ghost. It was a ghost. All right, I shall get us live then and record it. Are you all ready to go, Gerda? I am good to go. You're good to go. All right. Yes. Record to the cloud. Okay. Welcome to the GNT sessions uh, where Gerda and I discuss all of the things that really piss us off about business, but of course, also the things that we absolutely love about being business owners and business coaches and business mentors. Um, we don't have a set topic for our discussion today. So we're actually going to see where we go. We've had some very interesting times here in Melbourne over the last while, um, lockdown 2.0, but specifically in the last 24 hours with um, yeah. you know, many people absolutely devastated by the news that our lockdown will not only continue for another two weeks at mm. least, um, but there's a, a slower recovery for many businesses, um, which would have been the case anyway. It's just that now they've seen it in writing. So people are very, mm. very, you know, it's, people are struggling to get their heads around that. Mm. So. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, I, I must say, I'm not that up to date with what's been happening. So I'm happy for you to enlighten mm. me. I did see um, your post that you did, did on your page, which I thought was really mm. lovely mm. and beautifully written. 
um, with some attachments of, I think, screenshots from a government website. Is that where you're referring to those changes? So, yeah, the screenshots. So that, mm. I posted those last night. This morning, I posted another mm. um, some thoughts on uh, mm. the importance of flexibility. So one of the things, and I mean cognitive flexibility, mm. and coupling that with innovation in business ownership. So. Uh, the situation, I kind of could see this storm brewing and it was worrying me. It's been worrying me for weeks now with people mm. holding on to the 13th of September was when our hard lockdown was meant to end. Um, mm. And people holding on to the 13th of September as if the date mm. would magically change the situation of the virus here in yeah. Melbourne mm. and what I was noticing was that nobody was really or not nobody I shouldn't say that a lot of people were holding on to the date instead of asking themselves the question what am I going to do if we can't come out of lockdown mm. on the 30th of September mm. and mm. the numbers the numbers here in Melbourne definitely going down definitely doing the right thing but not fast enough so we can't come out on the 13th. We're in stage four lockdown for another two weeks. Uh, and then there's a staged plan of what types of um, activities we can, what, what stage two is going to look like, what's, or what the next phase is going to look like, then the phase after that, phase after that. Um, mm -hmm. Many businesses won't be able to open until at least November. Um, and wow. so I think people feel very much slapped around the face with, Mm. We thought we'd be out of lockdown on the 13th of September. Now you're telling us November. Um, mm. And so the post I put up this morning was all about we need to be prepared for the worst. Nobody can control what this virus does, even if you're in a state that it isn't, you know, having any difficulties right now, like, you know, um, Western mm. Australia or the ACT. Mm. Prepare your business for the worst. But ask yourself the question, what would I be doing differently if I was in lockdown or if I knew I was going to go into lockdown, or if I knew that I couldn't come out of lockdown, like thinking, thinking mm. creatively around what are the things that I could do with my business. So um, there are a few really good examples of businesses here mm. in Victoria that have done amazing things. Um, there's, uh, I remember seeing an article about a woman who uh, owns a nightclub, pivoted her mm. business to making um, PPE. This is during, you know, when we couldn't get masks for love or money. Um, yeah. Another one that's, is, you that's know, a pretty a, big shift. That's a huge shift, right? <laughs> another one yeah. is, um, you know, a theatre theatre set designers. Mm. So their whole their business mm. is called, I think, Stage Kings. Like their whole business mm. is about theatre and the stage, and they pivoted to creating um, modular, easy self assemble desks for working from mm. home. You know, mm. just really clever things that people might mm. not have otherwise assumed that their business mm. survive, and here they are doing something mm. completely different. Um, I see florists selling fruit and vegetables so that mm. they're allowed to have their doors open. You know, yeah, there, yeah, there are wow. clever things that people are doing. Um, mm. Meanwhile, the businesses that have been successfully pivoting mm. and doing a great job of it, they're fatiguing. They're getting very, very tired. And, uh, you know, and I understand the fatigue and I understand the stress. The stress eventually, you know, it, it, the protracted nature of the stress we're experiencing mm. means mm. that, yeah, you're going to be at risk of burnout. So um, I think it we need to let go of dates. 
Yeah, it takes it takes so much resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I'm not in the thick of things as you are, but when I listen to stories and I hear about businesses, people have responded with such a range of different responses, right? Yeah. Some people have just gone, no, it's too hard. I'm closing my doors. I'm shutting yeah. up shop, right? Yeah. And then everything in between to people doing amazing pivoting and, and even starting new businesses that's doing really well, right? And it's like yeah. everything in between. And I think a lot probably goes into how you make that decision from your personal circumstances, your personality, mm. traits, your general coping uh, mechanisms, all that type of stuff. But I think irrespective of where you are on that spectrum, when things just continue day after day, week after week, one month after month, it is bound to take a toll, right? Because even if you're a very resilient person, you're still human and you're going to get to that point where you're going to either have a bit of a breakdown, lose your shit, throw out all your, you know, your toys. Something's going to happen. It's about being okay with getting to that point and then, you know, having a plan for working through that because yeah. it is tough. It is hard. Um, you know, I, I might not be affected by it, but I'm affected in other ways. Like I, I'm here, regional Queensland. There hasn't been one case where I live, as far as I know, um, in our town of probably under less than 3,000 people. Doesn't mean it's not going to get here, right? I, yeah. I, yeah. I prep myself mm-hmm. with the knowledge that it's probably going to happen. It's just yeah. a matter of time. It's, yeah. you know, it's no use trying to, you know, live in a bubble. Um, it might feel like we're in a bubble until this time, but it's going to happen. It's going to get you. It's going to get everywhere. Um, and when it does, it's about being ready for when it happens. But even for us living regionally and rurally, we've got other impacts and consequences to deal with. Like my parents stuck overseas, right? Getting re- more and more depressed every day with, you know, just waiting. Their flights were canceled a week before they were meant to fly out to Australia. Now they're just sitting there in a rented little apartment with nothing to do. They're basically in self-isolation and self-lockdown because they want to stay as healthy as possible so that when the Australian government finally opens up the borders that they can board that flight and come back in, you know, and probably do isolation here, but that they have like a clean bill of health. And it's like, it's again, it's the fact that it's taking so long. Um, and I think that's what makes, make, I think people are getting to a point of almost hopelessness. Yeah. Because I think yeah. having a date and having an end in sight helps you to have hope. Yeah. And, yeah. and then being disappointed with that and not having that, that's what makes it so hard by, yeah. by, by not having yeah. a clear end date. But that's the nature so of it, the beast that we're dealing with, that's right? The nature, that's the reality we've got. And, and I think, mm. you know, that was the point of my message, you know, the post I put up this morning is the we, we, we just can't expect date to magically fix things for us. They're arbitrary mm. and they're based mm. on the best advice mm. available at the time that they're set. But obviously things change between now and when those dates come to be mm. or come to pass. I think I think that we we have to sort of take the the veil away and say, okay, this is the reality we've got, and it's not going to mm. change until it changes, mm. and we don't know mm. when that's going to be. So I think that you know, people are angry. People are angry with the government. People are angry with protesters. People are angry with the virus. People are angry with other countries. People are angry, mm. Um, mm. and I think that that's a really slippery slope. 
uh, mm. when you couple that with all the stress and tension and risk for depression and all of those other things. Um, mm. So I think I think now's the time to make decisions about channeling the anger and the frustration into action, channeling the energy into saying, okay, this is what it is. What can I do within these mm. current circumstances? Melbourne, yeah, we obviously we have our set of circumstances here, but it's affecting everyone in the country, you know. Mm. People who can't visit family members, people who can't attend funerals, people whose or tourism businesses. I mean, there are so many variations on a theme. Everybody's affected in one way or another. Um, and yeah, we all just have to say, okay, anywhere could have an outbreak. Anywhere yeah. could be in lockdown at any point in time until until there's a vaccine. Mm. Um, it just happens to be Melbourne at the moment. I think, um, you know, the Premier was saying just as an example of how quickly, how quickly things can change. And one little town in rural Victoria was virus free and um, then one person had it within a week, 24 people had it in just this wow. tiny little rural mm, community. Mm. And that's how quickly things can change. So, mm. um, you know, none of us can, can, I think, I think there's a lot of fear here about a third wave and that's why our, the plan we've got in front of us now is as strict as it is because there's a lot of fear about a third wave mm. um, because the businesses that are hanging on by the skin of their teeth, mm. um, reopening and all the cost that comes with reopening and then being slammed back into lockdown, that's, that's going to be worse. Mm. So I think, mm. yeah, it, it's tough. And all I can say is I'm just glad I'm not in a politician or in a mm. government leadership position at this mm. point in time, I actually feel sorry for them because it must take such, I don't know, high level leadership skills to be able to do what needs to be done and, mm. and you know, be the, the subject of everybody's, you know, projecting their emotions and feelings yeah, rightly or not true. rightly so. You know, mm. each person's entitled to their own feelings. And I think what we are seeing, if, if I look at about the reactions, mm. is very much a grief response, right? And people mm. being on, on one part of that, that grief response or cycle uh, or stage is the right word, I guess, you know, like the anger, some people being in denial, some people being in anger, some people being depressed, others being, you know, in a state of acceptance. Everybody is somewhere there and it's yeah. very real and, and true emotions, but there's a lot of grief, you know, loss of your your normal routine, loss of your normal structure, mm -hmm. loss of your job, loss of, loss of your meaning of your purpose and, you know, loss of social connections, going to work, going to school. There's a lot of loss happening at the moment in the community. Yeah. And I think what we're <clears throat> seeing is is a lot of those emotions as well being directed yeah. towards the yeah, decision yeah. makers right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, mm. I agree with you. I, I wouldn't want to be in their mm. shoes. Um, Dan Andrews um has the, the patience of a saint you know I would have lost mm. my shit several times over by now but um <laughs> you know I think um uh, you know showing up every day I don't think he's mm. had a single day off for six months um mm. you know showing up every day and um providing the face being the face and the voice and mm. um you know you can't please everybody you just mm. can't um yeah. and um but, but like you say, just as in grief, you know, when there's a traumatic loss, we look for someone to blame. 
and yeah. uh, you know and I, I hope he's got good advice around him that helps him understand that you know that people yeah. need someone to blame and if he's going to carry that mm. can as well as all the other cans that he's carrying yeah um he's doing it with good grace mm. so I really yeah. do respect that um but yeah, people people are distressed. You know, people like I said, you know, people who can't attend funerals, people who can't attend mm. the birth of grandchildren, people who can't, you know, do lots and lots of things, um, and the mixture of emotions. You know, the wildly swinging mm. from one state to the next emotionally, that's exhausting too. Mm. Mm. You know, I hundred percent. Um, yeah, you know, I, I saw a, a think. It was my hairdresser um, had a post on Instagram um, after the announcement yesterday and just saying, well, we're really sorry. We won't be opening when we thought we would be. Um, so everyone who's got an appointment, mm. we're going to contact you personally. And, um, you know, I liked the fact that they had optimism that they were going to be opening next week. Mm. Um, but, mm. uh, you know, they're, they're dealing with it and, you know, I think that the businesses that stay visible online, the businesses that 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 keep their communities informed, mm. um, don't underestimate the loyalty. Don't underestimate, mm. you know, that there are sectors of the community that will stay loyal um, for when you can reopen. Don't underestimate the power of that. Great, because it's part of keeping that relationship going, that connection. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's about just communicating. I think mm. our clients know that we are also subject to, you know, the rules and the laws yeah. set by government. And <clears throat> it's not, you know, if you're trying to be difficult like a hairdresser, you know, they don't have a choice in the matter. They just yeah. need to postpone. And I think, you know, if there's clear communication and consistent communication, clients will take that well and might not like it because nobody likes not having your hair done. <laughs> we've all been through COVID hair yeah this like, is my COVID hair I show everyone that's my COVID hair <laughs> this fringe was up here wow it has grown can you believe it yes because I've been seeing you with photos with your hair back it's like that's a but different I, oh, the hair right back I know yes right? yes it's because I'm so used to you having the fringe right it's like no you can actually like take it back completely now <laughs> oh goodness yeah exactly mm. uh, yeah. well it's a it's a wait and see game and that's a frustrating part of it but that's it is what it is and that's all it is right and that's exactly right yeah it is, what it is something else and and yeah. I think I think for a lot of people you know I mean I've been talking mm. to um I've been talking to a couple of business owners this morning who mm you know, they've got stuff going on in their lives like we all do normally. And these aren't Victorian business owners, they're in, in other states, but, you know, they've got stuff going on in their lives, but there's still the undercurrent of COVID underneath mm. all of mm. it. And it's like it's colouring everything. Um, mm. Everyone I ask, you know, when did you last have a break? Like when did you last actually give yourself some time mm. off? And the answer usually is, oh, well, COVID killed my holiday yeah okay mm. but maybe maybe you need to take a break anyway and, and have yeah. a staycation like everybody needs that rest um mm. you know victoria and new south wales so many people didn't get a break over summer because of the bushfires and then mm. we rolled straight into covid from there so you know people yeah. need to remind themselves like consciously decide to have a break mm. give themselves some time to just recharge their batteries but also time to think so, okay, I'm caught in the hamster mm. wheel like we always do. 
I'm caught in the hamster wheel of doing, 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 because this is desperate times, desperate times and need desperate measures. Uh, yeah, but you also do need to be a CEO. You do need to step back and think, okay, what's my strategy? This is a crisis yeah. for my business. Yes, everyone's going through it, but it is a crisis for your business and you get to choose what you do next and how you mm. innovate and what action you take. Um, yeah. And again, you know, don't let dates dictate when you take action mm. in your business. Take action now. Don't wait. I, I think I agree. I think the trap is that when we're in situations like this where you feel out of control because you don't have a say in what's going on, mm. You, you often find yourself getting stuck in the minutia, in the admin, you know, stuff because it's actually something that you have control over. It's something that you can do. You can go through your email inbox and reply to emails, right? But it then distracts us from making that time to really look at the situation as a whole and, and bring in that CEO mindset and say, yeah. okay, what does this all mean for the business, for my team, for my clients? What is this going to be mean or potentially look like in a month's time, two months' time, three yeah. months' time? And how do I ensure that we get through this? And it's so important because otherwise you just, you don't do that. And that's when you miss things. Then you miss yeah. opportunities to pivot and change, right? Yeah. And and I will just say this. I take my hats off, hat off for people in Melbourne that's in lockdown because I think it must be so hard running a business because a lot of most of the people listening here will probably be business owners running a business whilst having your kids at home. It's like, there's just no time out. Right. I, I am somebody that needs my own time. Like I'm an introvert, you know, and then there's business and my boys that's at home. My daughter's not at home anymore. They, they're both extroverts. They talk nonstop. Right. And just need, being able to have time to just think it must be so hard for you guys. I don't know how, People juggle that. I would go crazy. It's all I can say. Um, but I, think, I guess it's I think good. It took me. I mean, I'm lucky. Um, I'm I'm lucky, and I, mm. I consider myself lucky that my husband mm. lost his job to start the coronavirus um, mm. because he's been doing all of the homeschooling, which has actually been really beautiful to watch. Mm. And we've talked about mm. this here, you know, like, you know, to watch what that has done. Uh, we've always mm. been a really close family. Um, my husband's a cancer survivor, as you know, so we've always mm. been really, really close. Um, but to watch just the richness of um, the relationships between my husband and my sons, really sort of watching that evolve mm. during this period of time has been amazing because he hasn't had the pressure and the stress of work competing with his time. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's really enjoying it and, he, and so are the boys. Uh, but it still took me, I reckon it took me weeks, if not a, at least a month, to feel mm. okay with coming in here, I'm in my bedroom, coming in here and shutting mm. the door. I felt so guilty for shutting the door on my family for a whole day. Like today I'm doing back-to-back -back all day long and the door will stay shut until I'm done. Mm. Um, and it took me, you know, about a month to realise, well, they know where I am. <laughs> I'm just here and no one will die a result yeah. of me having the door closed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm capable of keeping the three of them <laughs> alive while I'm in here. So, you know, I think it, mm. it is each, you know, each of mm. us has to, you know, like, that's why I say I'm lucky. I'm very, very mm. lucky. And I know that, that I have good support and I can mm. shut the door. I feel for the, I feel for the parents that have very small children. <clears throat> 
because yeah. you know I know what that's like and you get very little if anything done at all um yeah. and and parents who are doing it on their own um mm. you know it is really really hard mm. um and of course there's a lot of people that can't do their, their can't run their businesses from home you know in, in mm. sectors where it's just not feasible to be at home yeah um and so they're either if they're not a permitted worker then they have to be at home and not not working mm. when their businesses are closed yeah. um yeah holding their breath basically yeah yeah you yeah, know i totally agree and you know if if i think of of my own businesses you know with the practices and a lot of the the people in my facebook groups and my pps yeah. community that are practice owners i think we are very fortunate that we are in a position to work from home through telehealth right um I, but i was actually thinking this morning i went to drop my boys off at school went to the news agency to pick up some books and stuff and I, driving here was thinking you know yes we are really lucky with this but it is still a very um, clear reminder that you need to be prepared as a business owner for any type of challenge yeah. because yeah. the next challenge might not be that kind to my business, might be more kinder and easier on other businesses. This one, just because of the nature mm -hmm. of this crisis, my business can still survive through it yeah. and actually yeah. do, do well, um, right? Because it's just a change of mode and where we do what we do we can still do our thing uh, but the next one might not be like this mm. and, and it's just for me a reminder as well that we need to ensure that we prep our businesses for times like these because mm. we've been through the global financial crisis my practice right and thinking back in terms of you know needing emergency cash funds and you know all of that stuff and and yeah. i've been really using it as an opportunity this to yes acknowledge you know that um you know i'm grateful for the the i mean it still affected our business because we still had to like you know change how we do things change policy systems processes and it's so much thinking and time that's gone into it but at the end of the day it's not nearly as difficult as it was for others, right? We could still continue to pay our people and nobody, you know, had to go, be yeah. fired or let go, anything like that. But we now need to be really um, clever going forward in terms of going that these things happen, right? Yes, it might be only 2008, 2020, every, let's say every 10 years or so, potentially, it could be more frequently but you need to be ready for when it happens. And, and I'm already starting to think, how do I, once we're through all of this, ensure that we're ready for whatever the next challenge is that life throws at us because yeah. it is gonna yeah. come. That's exactly right. You know, um, it, it's funny, you know, you, you're saying, thinking about our, our you know, mental health services and uh, mm. other health related, you know, services who are able to sustain our businesses through these, these mm -hmm. times and um and I was thinking back to um you know that brief period of time when telehealth became available with a Medicare mm -hmm. rebate but we were there was that two-week period I think it was where we were required mm -hmm. to bulk bill those Medicare items and mm -hmm. for those for those not in the healthcare sector I think I was thinking about this yesterday you know because that was my my mm -hmm. I guess um my thinking around an equivalent disaster scenario for our, our mm. profession would be required, mm. would be a requirement to bulk bill. Because I, I was mm. thinking it would be like a retailer 
um, mm. the equivalent would be a retailer being expected or being compelled by government to sell all of their products at cost. Yes. But, st but still cover all of the running costs of their business. That's not doable. You can't yeah. buy something in at wholesale prices and be required mm. to sell it out again at wholesale prices mm. and still cover all of the costs of keeping your doors open mm. so you know that would be my equivalent it'd be if if something came mm. about where the government said well you just have to bulk bill everybody that's the mm. only way you're allowed to be open mm. you're not allowed to be open for private mm. fee-paying clients uh, then yes many in our sectors would not mm. most most in our sector would not be able to afford mm. to continue being in business yeah that was the requirement mm. I, I think that's a brilliant comparison not that I think that the government could be could say something like no, that. No, but just I be think crazy, I was trying but... to. I know, but yeah. I think I was trying to think of what would be an equivalent. What would be an equivalent yes, for, yes. for our business? Yeah. And, and what mm. would be an and what would be a, an equivalent comparison for what yes. it would be like yes. for another business? Um, so I think you know, yes, you're right. You know, any kind of and you and I both have had you know disasters mm. in smaller letters, not not disaster mm. of this scale, but disasters. Mm in our business, any business owner that's been around long enough will have survived some kind of disaster scenario. Mm. Um, you know, I've talked before about being awarded a massive contract that I was then contracted to provide the services and having all mm. but one of my team members disappear uh, very quickly. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was like, okay, how do I deliver this service? How do I, how do I meet mm. the commitment that I've made? Uh, the legal commitment that I've made, but I only have one person, <laughs> you know. That's yes, stressful. <laughs> I, I, that was stressful. You know, I was waking yep. up with chest pains, you know, and, I, and mm -hmm. um, um, but we managed to work our way through mm. that and rebuild the team from the ground up and, mm. um, you know, business owners have any number yeah. of disaster stories that they can tell if they've been mm. around long enough. So the yeah. difference now, of course, is so many businesses are going through their first disaster at the same time. Like they're all going yeah. through it together. Um, yeah. And, and so they don't have experience of how to navigate these kinds of choppy mm. seas. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a learning very, process. Very, just very much. Mm. Just so you know, I don't have my watch on today, so I've got no idea what time it is. I think my 13-year-old, after I explicitly said, no, you're not allowed to take my watch to school, took my watch to school. I wouldn't be surprised if that's where my proper AirPods is. He's also, uh, I'm dobbing him in now, right? He's also just broken my Apple Pencil, scratching. You know, he's got a cast, right? He, he was itching underneath his cast. So he used my Apple Pencil, of all things, as if we don't have rulers and other stuff in the house, to scratch underneath his cast, totally ruining the tip of the Apple Pencil, which now means yeah, I, have to, yeah, no, I have to I've wait. You get a replacement. I've got I've got a replacement now. tips. Now, if I was oh. just around the corner, I'd be able to pop in and give you one of my replacement tips. But well, this, this is the other scenario here in Victoria, right? That um, uh -huh. because of the limitations on how many people, even in essential mm. services, how many people can be working, uh, the workforce for Australia Post in Victoria is uh. dramatically reduced. So everything yeah. is taking twice as long. I had paper, a, a letter, not even a parcel, mm. a letter sent to me from Albert Park, which I can almost see from here. Like I could walk there yeah. if I really wanted to. Yeah. Take two weeks to get to me. <gasps> wow. Because it had to go wow. by first to be sorted because there's not enough people yeah. to sort 
post here. So it is 12.42 p.m. I have a client at 1 p.m. So I will be, uh, we will be. You'll, you'll keep us on time. I'll keep us on time. Now, let me just say, you, you just learned, taught me something. I did not know that you can buy replacement tips. I you like can. ordered a complete brand new Apple pencil. With so, your name on it? Yes. <laughs> but I will now make sure I get myself some replacement tips for in case. Because yeah. yeah. I have I have the tendency to mm. drop my pencil that way mm. and the mm. um the tip gets smashed. Well I say tendency, I've done it once. Yeah. But I'm so yeah. fearful of doing it multiple times that I bought some replacement tips. And they're like insurance yeah. policies. Once you buy them, you'll never mm. need them. <laughs> Uh, of course, yes, there you go. Um, because and, and it's so annoying because once you've converted to using your iPad for notes and stuff, and then mm -hmm. you can't write on it, it's like, oh, you know, it's like doing everything everywhere. Yes, yeah. it's annoying Life because I do love my, yeah. You use good notes, right? Yes, I do. Yes. So I, I, have you ever tried Notability? No. I, I, I'm thinking about which one is better. Because I, I, I've been speaking to so many people that love, uh, love Notability. Anyway, we'll see. Okay. I might check no, it out. No, I've not, I've not used Notability. Mm. Uh, I know mm. there are lots of different things out there, but mm. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with it. Like yeah. 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 Me too. Okay. So, um, should we check for comments, maybe? You should. I can't see any on my, actually, maybe if I check on my phone. Um, we'll see if there's any comments or questions. Mm -hmm. I love the way we both need our glasses now. <laughs> yes. We haven't even showed off our mugs. We haven't showed off our, oh. our Gerda and Tess mugs. Hang on, where is it? Here it is. And I realised before when I had a sip of my coffee, because I've got ice in it, it looks like I'm probably drinking something alcoholic. Let me reassure you. It is, it is <laughs> well, black coffee. It is and the GMT, the gin and tonic well, show. Right. Well, no, it's the Gerda and Tess show, not the gentleman. <laughs> so we've got our, our Gerda and Tess. So if I hold this up to the camera, you see the Gerda and Tess yeah. mugs. And um, because we are at opposite ends of the country, we don't get to see each other very often. Um, so every now and then we just remind each other that we do like each other. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> um, um, but I have taken to drinking black coffee with mm. uh, ice. So it's an iced long black. Um, and it seems to help when I'm talking a lot. I've comments. never in my in my whole life had cold coffee. It's no, like it can't be cold. Cold's horrible. It's gonna be iced. It's gonna be icy cold. Okay. Like really icy cold. Okay. So Maybe I make an different. espresso. I make an espresso, mm. then I pour it over. So I fill my cup with ice, make the espresso, mm. and pour it over the ice. And mm. it's quite special. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure whether I'll drink it though. No, I, you probably I can't won't. drink a espresso martini, it's too strong. Um, yeah. I've tried to go black with my coffee, haven't succeeded. I might need to try again anyway. Mm. Okay, I don't mm. see any comments in the no, Facebook I don't, group. I don't have any comments either. I'll just double check. Uh, no, no comments. And do you know why that is? Why? It's because people are so busy at the moment mm. so people are busy doing their thing and um i understand that mm. I, I must say even if i look at my own behavior i have been spending less time on social media 
and I've only been spending like very dedicated time. Like when I go on, I have like a purpose for going on, you know, to check. Sometimes it is to relax, right? But I go to certain pages. I've been really curating my newsfeed, leaving some Facebook groups that Mm. I know I never interact with. So it has been an interesting time on social media. Actually, yeah, and I, th- I, I think, think I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true mm. for a lot of people. I think a lot of yeah. people are their their behaviours have changed. I've got friends around. Um, mm. I've, got, I've got a small group of friends who are based. There's two of us here in Australia, uh, mm. one in Canada and one, two, three, four in the US. So there's seven of us mm. in this little group, and we use Marco Polo, which is like a little video app to communicate and I realized the other day there were four, 44 videos video messages that I needed to catch up on and I, wow. I I said to the group I think what's happened is I'm not going anywhere and I used to uh, instead of watching the videos I would listen to them in my car when I was going here and there mm-hmm. um, and I'm not going anywhere so I'm not listening to things either mm. so I think people's behaviors have really changed I think there's a lot of change in the air and that's that's added also to the stress elements you know people are really wrong-footed yeah. at the moment yeah. you know that things aren't the way they used to be um I, mm. I, I wish I had a dollar for every person who has said to me recently I never was interested in politics before and now I feel I find myself listening to politicians talking every day you know yeah Yesterday, our Father's Day lunch was, you know, huddled around mm. the television watching Dan Andrews talk about the plan out of lockdown. You mm. know, so wow. very different times, you know, very different times mm. and the stress that people are feeling is understandable. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I think we will all be very uh, grateful when we can say goodbye to 2020. <laughs> Finally. I, my, do you know what? I, I agree, but my fear is that people will then have these high hopes for 2021. And it's like, you know, you Please know that we're at least you know we're at least you know we're at least six months into 2021 mm. before there's any hope of a proper vaccine. So yeah. I think we just have to take it a day at a time. Mm. Um yeah. I uh, I paid the extra money to watch uh, the the premium release version of Mulan, uh, the live action uh, version mm-hmm. of Mulan with the kids. We watched that the other night, and I said to them, I said to my husband, you know, usually going to the cinema would cost a lot more than what I paid mm-hmm. to to see the premium access version of Mulan. Um, mm-hmm. But I said to the kids, when was the last time? And we're avid moviegoers, like that's our mm. core entertainment yeah. in cinema. And I said, when's the last time we got to see a new movie? And they're like, I know, mm. right? It was like gold. It was like <laughs> this precious little thing that we had in our hands, mm. a new movie, Brad, new movie. <laughs> so, you know, life has changed, but, you know, I, mm. not all of it bad. Obviously it's hard, mm. but not all of it bad. Mm. We're spending, you know good time with family and friends online um Mm. and that's something that people haven't necessarily done before so yeah yeah one day at a time is all we can do i know and we're part of history that's what i tell my kids we're currently part of history people are going to talk about this time so it's really interesting Mm. Uh, you know it is it is interesting and people have said to me you know i bet you're regretting Mm. leaving tasmania for melbourne now right and I mm. said, actually, no, as much as I mm. miss my family and mm. I miss the freedom of being able to go mm. back to Tassie and, um, you know, I can't be there for my team. And Tasmania is a beautiful place and, and it has a special mm. place in my heart. 
but I'm part of history. Mm. Mm. I would feel, certainly as a business coach, I would feel, um, I would hate to not be connected to this experience mm. that, that all yeah. these businesses are going through. Um, you know, I think it, it, I'm learning, you know, all sorts of things that I'm capable of let alone what all the other businesses in, in Melbourne are, are going through and being mm. part of the story is, um, you, you know, I, I don't wish to escape it. You know, mm. you know that mm. sounds, sounds a little bit Pollyanna-ish, but I don't wish to escape it. I, I, I'm glad mm. to be here supporting people. In fact, I'm mm. talking to someone this afternoon who uh, represents local business owners. Um, he's reached mm. out and wants to have a chat with me about mm. business ownership and mental health. You know, if I can, if there's something I can do in my messaging on social media and elsewhere, yeah, um, to lend support, then that's why I'm here, and I'm glad to be part of this mm-hmm. historic moment with the Victorian business owners. But um, yeah. we'll, we'll and, be talking about it for years to come, will we not? Our grandchildren will. will be sick of hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll talk about during 2020 when A, B, and Z was happening. <laughs> Yes. yes, it's going to be good. I, I'm loving the 2020 memes. I think my favourite 2020 meme is the one that says, uh-huh. when are we allowed to start using 2020 as a swear word? You know, like, <laughs> that's 20, yes. that's un-2020 believable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I agree. It's awesome. All right, oh, I'm going to wrap up the podcast episode now and mm-hmm. um, thank thank all of our lovely listeners for joining us and um, we will talk to you again. Mm-hmm. We aim for a fortnightly thing, but we also love to keep you on your toes. So we will talk to yes. you when we're talking to you. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye-bye. And that's the end of the recording. We're still on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Now, we didn't have any questions, so we don't really have any questions to answer on Facebook. No, um, no. So I might end the live stream and here end the, the live stream. That's right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>